It's June. It's June. It's almost summer. My favorite time of the year. Welcome to Heal and Grow with Nikki. I'm your host, Nikki Kraminga Hill. Here we talk about everything: grief, hope, illness, work, family, tragedy, possibilities. Fun stuff and not so fun stuff. It's all on the table. Let's take a look at our lives and work to heal and grow together. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Heal and Grow with Nikki. I'm so, so glad that you are here with me today. Thank you. I'm going to talk a lot today about my dad and his living conditions. And before I do that, I just want to preface this by saying that I am not trying to be disrespectful to my dad at all. I am, however, going to tell you the truth about how he's been living for the past 20-some years. Hint, spoiler alert, he has not been living very well. And thinking about this question for a while, can something be traumatic and healing at the same time? And I think that the answer to that is is yes, as I'm about to show you in this story. But I think most of the time, at least for me, something is traumatic first, and then after some time, it can be healing. I would love to know your thoughts about that. Can something be traumatic and healing at the same time? So I'm just going to give you a little bit of background here. I know I've talked about my my dad and my mom and their relationship, but I'm going to review just a little bit of that today to give you a little bit of background. So when my parents were married, my mom did the majority of the housekeeping. My dad did the outside chores, but my mom kept things clean, including all of our clothes and, you know, anything that needs to be cleaned, my mom cleaned it. And I remember hearing some rumblings from her off and on throughout their marriage that my dad was not a very hygienic person. I don't know that I really noticed this on my own because I was little, but she complained about this off and on for many, many years. So I sort of knew that there were issues, but I don't know that I really saw it. And then my parents got divorced and my dad moved into a two-bedroom apartment. My mom actually made him get a two-bedroom apartment so that I would have a place to stay. I was in college at the time, so I was mostly just down at school. But when I was on breaks, this way I could go to my mom's who also had a spare bedroom, or I could go to my dad's who had a spare bedroom. And there was only one time that I stayed at my dad's. He had probably had his apartment for mm, nine months, more than six, less than 12 months. And I stayed overnight and the place just kind of creeped me out. It was dirty. It wasn't organized. And I'm not necessarily a stickler for organization, but I do like you know, clear spaces because I feel really anxious if there's a lot of clutter around. And 
I just remember staying there that one night and I thought, I am never going to stay here again. (laughs) And I didn't. And that spare bedroom turned into just a room that was filled, 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 filled with stuff. So fast forward to, you know, the past year, two or three, I don't spend, I didn't spend a lot of time in my dad's apartment because it was gross and dark and grimy and dirty. And I really would only go in there really quickly to maybe drop something off or pick something up. And I could tell that my dad didn't really want us in his space, which was fine because we didn't want to be there. And then it got to the point where we moved him into long-term care realized he didn't need this apartment any longer. So Paul and I packed it up, cleaned it out, and now he's not in there anymore. And it was really, really horrible cleaning this place out. I've told some people, and they sort of look at me like I am making it up. (laughs) And I can assure you that I'm not And luckily, Paul was there to corroborate everything. (laughs) But cleaning out my dad's place was awful. It's sort of awful anyway when a parent has to move out or has passed because you're in charge and you have to go through everything and you don't really know what everything is. And it's just it's pretty sad and depressing sometimes. And then every once in a while, you'll stumble upon something and be like, oh, my gosh, I remember this picture. I remember this thing. And. And that could be fun, but that didn't happen very much when we were cleaning out my dad's place. So here, here's all the, here's the awfulness that, that went with cleaning out his place. Firstly, my dad didn't have a drop of soap in his apartment. No kind of soap anywhere. There was no laundry detergent. There was no hand soap. There was no, um, like bar bar soap or body wash there were no he he has dentures so he doesn't have toothpaste but there was nothing to clean the dentures with um so that just shows you kind of what sorry i'm getting a little choked up right now because it just it feels gross to talk about it and i'm gagging a little bit uh, but i want to just keep rolling with this so that i can give you an accurate description but in case I have these really weird pauses it's because it's just it's just gross so my dad didn't shower which we assumed because he didn't have a shower curtain and even though I bought him a shower curtain he we actually found it still in its packaging when we were moving him out he didn't have any towels up He was gifted some towels by my aunt and uncle, and we found those as well, still in their Christmas packaging from, I would say, 10 years ago. So no, no soap of any kind anywhere. It smelled like stale cigarettes my dad smoked in his apartment, and it also smelled like just mold mold moldy old is that a thing moldy old it smelled like moldy old luckily there were no rodents or anything anywhere i'm not sure how that happened there was 
his former cat's litter box that had been mostly empty, but not completely empty. That cat died seven years ago. The walls had these cobwebs all over, but not even like a cobweb that I've ever seen before. They were these brown cobwebs that almost looked like corn husks. And they were they were everywhere. And I tried to sweep them down and then wash the walls. But all that ended up doing was making it look like the walls were red and sort of bleeding. Speaking of blood, he had fallen a couple times and there was blood on the walls. He had never he had never um, gotten rid of any of that. There was literal dirt all over the place. I'm not sure what that's from. Maybe just not wiping off his shoes during the summertime. He also lived in a garden level apartment. And so perhaps he had the windows open at some time and some dirt had come in through the windows, but there was dirt everywhere. There was tar on the windows, walls, mirrors from smoking inside. Like you couldn't even really see. You could see the outline of your reflection, but you couldn't really see yourself in any of the reflective surfaces. I have really bad dust allergies, so I ended up getting a respiratory infection while I was while I was working there, and I could only stay for about an hour, an hour and a half at a time before I had to get out of there. There was there were TVs and extra pieces of furniture that he had dug out of the apartment building's dumpster, so people would just leave stuff outside. My dad thought that they might be valuable someday. So he had about, I think it was seven televisions and three microwaves and two extra ottomans or like like small sofas in there that he never used. But he thought that someone was throwing away something valuable and he couldn't let that happen. And so he brought them into his home with him. There were a lot of things that he thought were valuable in his apartment that he kept for me so that one day I could maybe get some money from them. But everything was was ruined because he smoked inside. So there were all these old newspapers from presidential elections and old books and things that may have had value at some point, but don't any longer because they're completely ruined. And it was, it was horrible to see how he'd been living. It was even worse than what we thought it was. And in all of this, I actually, and I'm, I'm happy about this, I haven't felt any guilt or shame because we had offered to help my dad so many times and he always turned us down. And I'm not about to go in there and just start doing things when he's already said he doesn't want our help. So the great news is, is that, we didn't have any guilt about it at all. When I've shared this with people, they think, oh, he was really, really depressed and it was a cry for help. And, you know, maybe, maybe it was, but I'm not completely convinced of this. This was his preference. This is how he wanted to live. In fact, he didn't think that there was anything wrong with it. Just the other day, he was like bragging to one of his visitors at the home. Yeah, I haven't taken showers like this in years. I can't remember the last time I took a shower as if it was some type of brag. And I just said, Dad, (laughs) 
That's, that's not the flex that you think it is. He just, he just wanted to live like that and no one could tell him otherwise. And so even though it was absolutely horrible to go through his things, people offered to help us. And I was like, absolutely not. I am not bringing anyone into this unhealthy, disgusting environment. We're going to take care of it on our own. But thank you if you offered to help. But we actually were able, we did it. It was, it was gross. It was horrible. But we did it. And it was healing for me because while we're in this apartment, while we're getting rid of everything, I'm just thinking, my dad is safe now. My dad doesn't have to worry about tripping over all of this crap. I think he was a borderline hoarder, actually, or maybe a, a full hoarder. I don't know. But he had so many like safety hazards just because he had bags and bags and bags of stuff on the floor. And I thought, I am so glad that we don't have to worry about this anymore. Like he's, he, there's soap. He has access to soap. He's getting bathed two to three times a week. He has clean linens. He has clean clothes. He's being fed three meals a day. My dad only ate frozen food and only when he was hungry. And he wasn't always hungry. So he would go, you know, maybe a day or two without eating. So while we're getting rid of all of this stuff, as awful as it was, I couldn't help but think, this part is over. This chapter is over. And now it's all about him and his safety and his health. And not only are Paul and I going to do everything that we can to help him, but now he's got staff at the home and it's their job to take care of him. And I just thought, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, universe, for taking care of my dad because he was, well, he was able to take care of himself, but he was not willing. And now he's to a point where he can't take care of himself. So I guess that's what I mean when I say something can be traumatic and healing at the same time. Because as much as I didn't want to be in that apartment, I couldn't help but just be so grateful at the sheer number of people that are helping him now. Okay, huge shout out to Zoe, my friend Zoe slash Statler. I like to call her Statler. Zoe Cornier, she was my first buy me a coffee patron. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Zoe. I really appreciate it and I appreciate your support and your faith in me. Thank you, thank you. If you would like to buy me a coffee, you can do so in my Instagram. My Instagram link in bio, my link tree takes you right there. And I'll also link it below. Thank you so much. I've had a couple of people get my book in the past week. I really, really appreciate it. You can always get my book. You can hire me to speak. You can check out all of my podcasts. Whatever, whatever works for you. It's all good, right? Anyway, I hope you're doing well, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this story. I'll see you soon. Thank you for healing and growing with me. Mwah.